All right. Hey. That's fun. Are you exhausted? Like, sheesh. <laughs> Man, I'm so proud of Austin and Hannah. I'm not going to tell them that to their faces because then I'm going to stand here in silence for a little bit. <laughs> but I'm also really proud of so many of you taking this role of parenting seriously. I'm so thankful and proud of our church who understands what we're doing and, and how much we need each other because parenting, I don't know if you know this, parenting's hard. Parenting is really hard. In this generation and in every generation that's ever been, parenting is hard. Think about it. We are entrusted by God uh, to, to raise these totally dependent, often loud, but very cute little human beings into thriving, contributing, God-following adults. Seriously? Like, how? How? I remember when, when Lydia was first born. She's our oldest and someone said to us in a very well-meaning way, you know, there's no owner's manual for this, right? Like, you just got to figure it out. And I was like, well, thanks. Like, if this isn't daunting enough already, uh, that's great advice. Um, parenting's always been hard. And I guess I want you to know that there is actually an owner's manual for all of this. Uh, it's full of wisdom and direction and examples to follow, to avoid. Uh, it, it's full of help for parenting children, raising children in any and every generation. In fact, today we're going we're gonna to read in our manual. We don't call it our manual. We call it a Bible. Uh, we're going to read in there about one of the best parenting examples we have, and they did it over 3,000 years ago. The story is set in the age of the Judges. Uh, the judges, the time of the judges was a violent time in Israel's history. Uh, we, we have um, this, this kind of tailspin for the people of God. They're, they're just in this vicious cycle of, oh, no. You know, what happens is that, that they're going along and they, they sin and reject God and, and they don't need God. And so God steps back and says, okay, that's fine. Um, have at it. And then there's some oppression that happens for a time. Another nation comes in, there's punishment, and eventually they, they're like, oh man, uh, we're sorry, God, help us. And if, because he's so near, he's like, of course I'll help you, and he steps back in, and he provides a judge. When you hear judge, don't think of like courtroom judge. It's kind of, it's more a military leader who comes in and delivers the, the people of God out of oppression and into a time of peace for a short time until they think everything's great again and we sin and reject god again and then there's a it's just this vicious cycle and so you can imagine parenting in this vicious cycle is really hard in fact uh parenting with faith well it seems it wasn't happening at all we kind of get this this grim picture of faith of families in judges chapter 2 and verse 10 when it says after that after uh, that a whole that whole generation was was gathered to their ancestors. This is Joshua's generation, Moses, Joshua. After their whole generation was gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor anything he had done for Israel. I think it's one of the saddest verses in the whole Bible. There was this great disconnect, a, a faith failure, not just on the part of the parents, uh, but on the, on the part of the entire uh, people of God. They failed to pass down faith. They failed to pass down truth. They failed to pass down testimony of who God is and what he had done. And this failure just paved the way for this vicious cycle during this time. 
And so that kind of explains the context of our story today. Our Bible passage for today is Judges chapter 13. And in Judges chapter 13, verse 1, here's the context. It simply says, again, say again, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. That's the context Israel's under the Philistine uh, rule. It's a punishment, and it's for 40 years in. And then we're introduced to this guy named Manoah. Manoah, and, and he's got a wife. She's, she's his wife. They're married, but we don't know what her name is. The Bible doesn't tell her, us what her name is. She's just Manoah's wife. And she, we know a few things about her. They're, they're, they're from the tribe of Dan, so they're Israelites. And, and we know that she's unable to have children. She's barren, childless. Until one day, she's by herself, and an angel of the Lord shows up. It's kind of a very familiar story throughout Scripture. It's like, hey, lady, uh, I know you uh, can't have kids, but um, you're going to. Um, you're going to have a son, and he's going to be the deliverer of Israel. He's going to deliver Israel out from the Philistine rule. There's, there's a few rules you need to follow when you're raising this kid, but, man, it's going to be great. Now, I want you to just think about Manoah's wife for a moment. What is she thinking? What, what are the emotions she's feeling? She's, she's, I don't know how old she is, but up until this point, they're pretty convinced we can't have kids. We've been trying, and it's not happening. And so I don't know what questions she might be asking, the emotions. Man, this is the greatest news ever. How can it possibly be true? A son? A son. We're going to have a son. Who was that guy? Where did he come from? Did I switch the laundry? We're going to have a son? I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't wait, but I don't know how to be a mom. Manoa! And she just goes off and runs, and, and she runs to her husband. You got to hear the news, and she's frank. You can imagine this, this, this whole emotional ordeal, right? Are you with me? This means yes? Okay. And so she runs, and she's like, hey, a man of God showed up. I'm not sure if it was an angel. Very awesome. Uh, but I didn't ask his name. I didn't ask where he's from. And he's like, whoa, honey, pump the brakes. Time out. Are, focus. Are you okay? What do you mean? Well, you're, you're, you're kind of freaking out right now. Are you all right? Is there, a, is there a point to this story? Like, what is going on? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good, thank you. Yes, we're having a baby, going to be a son. You're going to be a dad, deliverer of all of Israel. There's some rules, no wine, no pork, no haircuts. It's going to be great. <laughs> you can imagine the shocked look now on Manoah's face, right? Let me see your best shocked look. Like just so many deer in head, like, like, is she out of her mind? Is this true? I mean, it's got to be true. Who was the... All these questions, all this craziness, and Manoah's freaking out a bit, and he does the coolest thing ever. He, he doesn't know what to do. He's just found out he's going to be a dad. He didn't think that was ever going to be possible. And to, just to show what kind of man he is, he, he prays. And I love his prayer. It's so real. Like, it's such a real human prayer. He, literally in the text, it says, pardon me, Lord. Like, excuse me, um... The guy that was here and told my barren wife she's going to have a kid, any chance you could just send him back and, and uh, have him explain this to us? Maybe any, any way you can send him back and have him tell us how to raise this boy. Isn't that good? 
And of course, God hears Manoah's prayer, and he answers it exactly how Manoah asks, which, by the way, is not always how it happens. And he sends the angel back to Manoah and his wife, and he tells them how to raise their son. And after this kind of parenting session, they're, they're kind of stoked, like, hey, you want to stay for dinner? And, you know, at this point, they don't really know. He's a man of God. We don't know if he's a prophet. We don't know if he's an angel. We, we don't really know, but we know he's from God, and, and it seems right to stay for dinner. And he's like, nah, I'm not really hungry, but if you wanted to prepare a, a, a burnt offering for the Lord, that'd be great. That'd be cool. So they do that. They they roast some meat, and the, and the flames and the smoke are going up, and something wild happens. This angel just kind of rides the flames up into the heavens and disappears. What? And of course, at that moment, Manoah and his wife fall on their face because they know no one can see God and live. They think they're going to die. And then wifey's like, hey, wait a second. If he wanted us to die, we would be dead. And he accepted our offering. You know what, honey? Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. And it was fine. Manoah's wife got pregnant. She gave birth to a boy, and she named him, anybody? Samson. That's right, Samson. It's such a great story of great parents doing things well. And today, I want us to learn four parenting principles that every parent needs to know. This would be a great time to grab a, a notes card from the back of the pew in front of you or get out your phone. Yes, in church, get out your phone, open up some notes, because no matter where you are in life, no matter if you're a parent, grandparent, you haven't had kids yet, no matter how old they are, these parenting principles always apply. It'd be great to be able to go back and go, oh yeah, let's make sure we're on the right track here. Four parenting principles from Manoah and his wife. Here's the first one, parenting principle number one, there needs to be a foundation of faith. Manoah and his wife were people of faith, right? And as followers of Christ, each one of our lives and each one of our, therefore, our families must be built on a foundation of faith. Faith that God is real, that he speaks, that he's able to do what he says he's able to do. Faith that, that he's near and that he cares and that he hears us when we call. Manoah's wife was barren, childless. She couldn't have children, but she and Manoah were full of faith. I, I, I think that's probably why God chose them. In a seemingly impossible circumstance, they lived by faith. And what I want you to know is that God is not shackled by your circumstances. Our circumstances don't determine God's power or God's availability or God's able to act and do what we seem to think is completely out of the realm of possibility, and it takes faith to trust that. Parents, build your life and your family on a foundation of faith. And the second parenting principle is, is maybe the, the most important part of that, and the second one, that's a priority of prayer. I remember reading this story for the very first time. I think we had just we were just uh, pregnant with with our first child, Lydia, and and I remember reading that Manoah's first response was to pray. He had a priority of prayer. He's like, and I thought, man, yes, that's a great dad. That's what it takes to just crush this dad thing. And so I just started praying. Like I, I'm doing that. Lord, we don't have a clue what to do with this itty bitty thing. Here was my prayer. Ready? help. Lord, she's mouthy and defiant, and if I had hair, I'd be pulling it out because of this three-year-old's help. Lord, we're sending her to school, and I'm nervous. Is it the right time? Help. 
Lord, she thinks a boy's cute. <laughs> Which is cool. Like, we need to have some, some conversations, and so we need help with that. Lord, she came home today, and a boy thinks she's cute. I'm not really okay with that, so <laughs> Lord, help him and help me and <laughs> just help. Father, she's up to bat. Help. Lord, she's driving. Like, Jesus, take the wheel. Help. Uh, more recently, Jesus, college, and, and so I guess potentially, like, adulthood and wedding stuff are way too close for comfort, so please come back now, and if not, then just help. That would be awesome. You see, Manoah's first response was to pray, Lord, help us. And that should be every parent's first response too. Parenting principle number three, an intentional example. It's really quite startling when you read Judges 13, and, and, and Manoah and his wife, they pray, they, hey, send this guy back to tell us how to, to raise his son. In fact, verse 12, it's, it, their prayer was, what is, it, what is to be the rule that governs this boy's life and work? And what's crazy is the angel's answer has nothing to do with the boy, nothing to do with their son, and has everything to do with Manoah's wife being faithful to what God had told her to do. The answer, she must do everything I have commanded her. You see, successful parenting is more than, hey, I'm bringing my kids to church, I'm telling them to read their Bible, or I'm telling them to do all the things they need to do. You've probably heard it said that way more is caught than taught. And it's never more true than in a family where our kids are watching us and learning from us how to follow Jesus, how to talk to people, how to work, how to deal with conflict, how, <laughs> how to do everything. Here's what I need you to know. Behavior, your behavior, my behavior, behavior is a language. And so what are we communicating? What are we saying by the way we're living our lives? When it comes down to it, you have to be intentional about living the way you want them to live. It's not a magic pill. It's not just automatic. But it is the way that God says to do things, and you've got a much greater hope in things if we do it God's way, right? Living a life that's set apart. That word set apart, you would know this. It's the word holy, just as the Lord leads us to do. Maybe we just need to adopt what Paul says in, in, in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. For us to say, hey kids, follow me as I follow Jesus. Follow us as we follow Jesus. We need to be able to say the same thing to our kids. Just one more. Parenting principle number four, you, you gotta have a treasured team. We, Don alluded to it. We, no one can do this alone. It does take a village. When I read through Judges 13, it's interesting. There's some things that come off the page of how united Manoah and his wife were even before they found out they were having a child. An angel comes and talks to her, and the first thing she does, she runs to tell her husband. They ask him to come back, and he comes back, and the first thing she does is she runs to tell her husband. There was great communication happening in their marriage. They talked about things. And then when that happened, he followed her back to meet the guy. And then together, like, hey, we would really love for you to stay and have dinner with us because they made decisions together. They made plans together. They did life together. They talked about everything, and they did life together. And then when things got scary and things got anxious and we're not sure what to do, in fact, we think we're going to die because we just saw this angel in the flame thing, there was encouragement for one another. Hey, it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I heard it said once that if the head coaches aren't together, the team will fail. 
And every family needs a treasure team leading the way. Head coaches who are on the same page. Treasured because we get to do this together. Because God has entrusted this child or these children to us. We've got to be together no matter what. Now let me, hear me. You may be sitting there down and thinking, I'm all by myself. We weren't together and so now we're no longer together. Or I'm married but my spouse doesn't believe this, or my spouse has died and I'm all by myself. Listen, you still need a team. Extended family, church family, life group, friends, coaches, neighbors, teachers, every family needs a team who is together helping. Yeah? Here's how I want to close today. (laughs) It's just funny, reading this sentence. Last week I was talking to my oldest daughter about medically induced comas. I know it's weird, right? But that led us to start talking about life support and, and just how cool it is that with the technology we have today and, and, and the, the way we understand the way God made our bodies today, man, if your body's so broken and hurt that, that it needs just rest to heal, there are machines that doctors can attach to you and it'll do the work for your body and you can heal. It's just a remarkable thing. It got me thinking, though, about today's message and Manoah's first response of the news of becoming a dad was simply to pray, a priority of prayer. I thought, praise God, I've never been attached to life support and no one in my family has either. And praise God that if the time ever does arise, it's a real thing and it's available. But there isn't a day that goes by that I don't need prayer support. There isn't a day that goes by that I and my family and you and your family uh, need the, the, the fact that God is hearing our prayers and the prayers of others around us praying for us. Hear me on this. If you're married and you're not praying for your spouse every day, I'm not sure anybody else is either. If you have children and you're not praying for your children every day, I doubt anybody else is either. If we're not praying for one another, church, I'm not sure anybody else is. And so to close today, we're going to do just that. Prayer is a priority in this family. Everyone needs prayer support, and so we're just going to pray. I'm going to just walk us through some things to be praying for our parents and for our kids and for our church. And if there's anything you agree with, you know, Cole said amen just means, hey, let's, I agree with that. If there's anything you agree with that you're praying for too, I would love it if you would just, along with me, just kind of echo this prayer of simply Jesus, help. Sound cool? Let's pray. Father, first and foremost, I just want to thank you for your word. (laughs) What an anchor it is. Without your word, we know nothing about Jesus. We know nothing about Samson's family. We know nothing about anything really that, that you have said. And so, Thank you for giving us the Bible. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and it points us to Jesus. And in these next few moments, God, we just want to say, we just want to say prayers for, for those around us. Specifically, God, we want to acknowledge parenting is hard, so if nothing else, Jesus, help. We want our families and our church family and our people as individuals to build this foundation of faith to build our lives on faith in christ and if we're not sure what that is that's okay but that we're we're heading in that direction we're asking good questions god we would just ask jesus would you would you help help us to as parents to live out an intentional example to show our children this is how to do life with jesus and the fact is we're not always perfect at that 
And so, God, we pray you would empower us to be forgiving of ourselves and always reminded that when we fail, we have a shepherd to point our kids to who never will. Jesus, to that end, we pray, help. Father, I pray that what we're doing right now is, just, is not just something we do in this room today, but that we might even start having this priority in our family of prayer, just like Medoah did, to run to you first. Jesus, help us with that. And I pray, God, you would raise up this unity in marriages, strengthen the marriages represented in this place and all who are hearing this, God, that we would be running to you, that we would be communicating and, and doing life together under the, the umbrella of Jesus. And that you would provide a team of people around us no matter where we are in that situation, God, because we need help raising our kids. God, I pray you raise up faithful people to come alongside every family. Jesus, we pray, help. Lord, we want to pray for our children. It seems extra hard these days in this generation to be growing up. And so, God, we pray you would give our kids faith faith to know you, to walk with you, to stand strong. God, we pray for protection over them from the darkness and the evil and the, the wayward teachings and the, the pullings and the pattern of this world. God, we ask, Jesus, would you help our kids? That character would be more important than achievement. That friendships would thrive. Would you surround our children with, with good people, good friends to do life with, to support, to hold accountable? Would you provide uh, for a perfectly awesome future, your future? You know the future of all of our kids. I pray, God, you would go ahead of our kids and start preparing their spouses for them, that you would write the names of their hearts when it's time, that you would prepare uh, husbands and wives for the future of our children to be powerhouse families for the cause and the gospel of Christ. Lord Jesus, we pray, help. And Lord, I pray for our church to continue to be such a great support system to understand the importance of what happened here today, the pattern we see in Scripture, that we're calling all of us, you're calling all of us to be the family of God together, that we would be a team, that we would be full of encouragement to our families, that we would speak life into one another, especially to the next generation and their parents, that we would always offer prayer support to this end, Jesus, we simply pray, help. Lord, it sounds like such a simple prayer, maybe even a small prayer, but I feel like the, the one prayer that echoes throughout the halls of heaven more than any other prayer is simply, Jesus, help. Amen.